Hi friends, welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We love being encouraged to live out our faith in Jesus by hearing the stories of women in our church community. We are so glad that you're here. God writes our stories, often in ways we did not expect. But when we look back, we can sometimes catch a glimpse of what he's been doing. Reflecting with Kristen Hoff on her life, we see him creating and using her as a shepherd, while a nurse, a mom, a church staff member, and so much more. Her heart and skill in caring for people opens our eyes to the opportunity to do the same. Here's Camille's conversation with Kristen. Hi, and welcome to Encourage and Equipped. Um, I'm so excited today that we get to have Kristen Hoff on an episode for um, Encourage and Equipped, and it's going to be a really fun day, and I can't wait for you guys to hear her. Um, Something we always start our episodes with is um, just a little kind of tidbit, if you will. Uh, What is something, Kristen, that's brought you joy recently? Um. We just got back from like the Pacific Northwest area. Um, I married and have two boys. One is 16 and will be a junior next year. And oh, one. That's not, I forgot he's going to be yeah, a junior he's, next year. <laughs> oh, it blows me away too. And then yeah. the other will be a freshman. Um, but we love to go and hike and it was fun. Well, I always, these are my favorite. And I, it's always, I'm not one to really kind of count down, but it is mm-hmm. becoming really evident that oh, um, we yeah. only have a few more summers left, mm-hmm. um, especially with how busy and all the things. But it's been fun to watch the boys as we go through these hikes where we've gone through different stages of kind of dragging them along the hike with us <laughs> to uh-huh. watching them like sprint to the top while <gasps> Cody and I have fallen behind. Um, but this time it was me who was in the back oh. um, because <laughs> they had gone. But then my oldest started, I could watch him. He would slowly like pull back. So I don't know if he was just tired and using mm. me as a great excuse, but I'm going to say that no. it was just really, he. it was fun just to yeah. kind of get to walk and talk with him and especially because yeah. he is so busy now. It's crazy how busy our kids are. Um, yeah. But just enjoy the good family time and hang out That's with sweet. them and see their personalities grow. Mm-hmm. And in the most beautiful Oh, I got to see your pictures. I cheated, and I knew that's what you were going to talk about, because how could you not? It was beautiful. Well, and while y'all were here having like 108 days, yes, I think our high um, average at about 65. <gasps> so yeah, we had one day where it got up to 80, and I almost felt like it felt like home, but it was still pretty chilly. Yeah. Oh, goodness. That gives me chills thinking about it. Yeah, it's still 100 and billion degrees here, so (laughs) my chill won't last too long. Okay, well, I don't know if, listener, you've met Kristen Hoff, but she is our women's minister at West Campus, and um, a lot of us know her as a woman who's worked in the church for a long time, Um, but I wanted Kristen to come on today to talk specifically about something she mentioned to me um, a few weeks ago, and that is spiritual nursing. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know, Kristen was a nurse for several years, and that is one of her passions. And so the phrase struck me as interesting, and I wanted to follow up on it. So, Kristen, what is spiritual nursing? <laughs> um, it, it is exactly what it sounds like. It's nursing. So going through nursing school, um, 
a lot of what you're taught is the physical aspects of what, who, how you're taking care of patients, the anatomy, the physiology. But really what kind of drives us and is probably more harmful to ourselves is when our spirit is sick and when our spirit is ill. And so that's one of the things we're even taught in nursing school is to look for those things that also may be on that spiritual side, the emotional side, Um that might be affecting people. I mean, you mm-hmm. see it all the time when people come in and they're tired all the time and they just, that lethargy and the um, they get headaches so they don't feel great. And then you can dim it back to, oh, well, maybe they're depressed. Maybe they've mm-hmm. got this thing going on. And our spiritual self really does affect how our physical self acts and feels and treats other people. Wow. Is that something that, okay, for, me, because I don't have any kind of medical background whatsoever. So for somebody like me, maybe listen to you too, that doesn't understand like how something in our spirit could affect us physically. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Like, what might that look like for me as a believer? If there's something that I'm struggling with sin-wise, how could it manifest physically? Um, well, depression is a great one. Depression mm-hmm. is one where... Um, a lot of times people don't necessarily see that because depression isn't always just, I feel sad. Mm-hmm. Depression can have a lot of other physical side effects. Some of them are just being the extra tired. Mm-hmm. It can be um, having stomach aches. It can be having different headaches. Um, I see it a lot whenever I am frustrated with my kids. I take it out as anger on them mm-hmm. or I will get um more irritable, but it's really more probably because I'm overly tired or I have yeah. uh, some kind of sin that I feel guilty about or I feel shame about, and then I take out those mm-hmm. on my family. Or, um, like, I've watched my oldest struggles with um, anxiety a lot, mm-hmm. and I can definitely see it physically on him. He gets pale. He gets... Um, it's the irritability. Yeah. It's he gets lots of stomach issues, mm-hmm. um, and I'm like, oh, what are you nervous about? Hmm. And and he he can kind of see it, but it's harder to see it in ourselves versus other yeah. people being able to see it. I think also that's probably a gift of yours to be able to see that in other people because <laughs> I can be pretty oblivious to things like that. But that definitely resounds with me. I think um, thinking about how um, like somebody in my family that really has struggled with anxiety for a long time. And I'm thinking back now and I'm like, oh, that, those times when she was sick, like that Mm -hmm. probably was a result of that anxiety. And the more stressed our emotional side is and our, even our spiritual side, um, it, it does, I mean, there's things that goes all the way down to your immune system where you are going to be more likely to actually get physically sick mm-hmm. more often um, and have different things that affect you more just because you've worn yourself down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I know that while we're talking about this specific issue of sin having a role in our emotions and our physical responses to things, we're talking about a really complex issue. And this is certainly not a one-size-fits-all or everybody's going to experience this. Sometimes I have an emotional response or a physical ailment or challenge that is a result of sin in my life. And sometimes it is not a result of sin in my life. So please, listener, as you're listening to this, please know that we are not 
expecting this to be something that you are experiencing all the time. And if this is not related to sin, please don't take on any unnecessary guilt or pain or shame if that's not where you are. But I I don't want to ignore the fact that there are those of us who are in a place where our sin or our choices are impacting us physically and emotionally to be able to dig in and really understand the root of it so that we can get to the hope that we have in Christ. Um, when we were talking the other day, you brought up, this is a great example of um, like knowing that this is not just like a, a mental health issue, but also a spiritual issue. And you mentioned that when you were reading through Psalms and talking about David, how he like was struggling with sin and you saw and watched how th- mm-hmm. it went through and manifested in some physical things. And I'm totally butchered that. So feel free to tell me <laughs> with better, more eloquent words that make more sense to people who have a medical knowledge. Well, uh, yeah. If when you read through the Psalms, David, all a, a lot of times he talks about how weary he is, how worn out he is, how um, he is just so... Uh, there's one where he talks about how much he's wept and cried that the bed is wet mm-hmm. um, or the couch is wet that he's on. And all of those he can tie back to, but this is because I was away from the Lord, or this was because I did this in my own sin, or mm-hmm. it's because I did this. And then he flips it, and he's like, but now I am joyful. Now I am happy mm-hmm. because I can follow the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um and the other one that I love is when God first introduced Himself as Yahweh Rapha. It's an exodus. So the Israelites have just come out of Egypt. Um, they're there, they're thirsty, and they want water. And what God does is He says, I am Rapha. And so He gives Moses directions on how to give them water. But what He's saying is, I'm the God who heals. Mm-hmm. And He's not talking about the water He's giving them. He's talking about um, keep following me. Let me take you out, mm-hmm. and I will be able to heal all of the hurts and everything that happened in Egypt and just be your God. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful that God created our bodies, knows our bodies. Mm-hmm. And I think taking it a step further, too, that He is so heartbroken over the physical repercussion of sin in our life, yeah. the fact that our bodies get broken mm-hmm. and get sick and need healing. Um, but that he desires us to run to him. The David crying out like his bones are wasting away. Like mm-hmm. the thought of my bones wasting away is a horrible, really terrible thought. But if that's the way that he describes it, then that like that is a result of sin. Yeah, oh, that's terrible. Okay, so is this what brought you to nursing? Like this really deep spiritual understanding? Oh, of, of course, <laughs> yes. Um, actually, no. Um, I actually kind of always thought I would go to med school. That was Mm. the plan. Um, In fact, we had kind of looked at schools, had everything kind of lined up for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And my senior year of high school, I just kind of felt really deep in my spirit. Um, This just feeling of, no, that's not the plan that's Mm -hmm. for you. Um, I was, you know, 16, I mean, 17, 18 years old and thinking like, hey, don't I want a family one day? That is not very normal 17-year-old thoughts. Nope. Um, but I very clearly could hear the Lord telling me, wow. that's not my plan. Mm-hmm. Your plan is to not work so much. Your plan is to spend time with your family. And it does not mean that being um, a doctor is wrong, but it just for me, it was not right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's incredible that at that young age, you had the ability, first of all, to 
quiet yourself to listen to the <laughs> Lord. And second of all, to follow Him, because at 17 and 18, I was definitely not doing that. But I'm so, glad you did. Um, did you have any kind of like experience that lets you know, like, I do want to be in the medical field or um, any kind of tie to that? Um, my dad was a vet. So I grew up um, actually working the stinky jobs because I, oh. I had an older brother that got to do all the cool, fun stuff. Um, <laughs> cool so, fun might not be, <laughs> maybe not what I'm thinking of as what cool. I would fun. think it's cool and fun is what my brother got to do. I got to do things like sweep the lobby and clean the shelves that the dogs had, you know, had fun messes on oh. and all of that other really mm. great fun stuff. Um but I can very distinctly remember a time when he wasn't there. So I got to do the cool stuff and I got to scrub in and help my dad with surgery. Oh. And that was just one of those like, okay, this is what I'm, I want to do. This is what I'm made to do. And it's mm -hmm. just the idea of um, our bodies and the God, way God created us has always fascinated me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's, a, would you say that was a gift that the Lord gave you or like an inclination that he just created you with? Yeah, I, he definitely created me that way. I think he gave me, um, when you look at God's creation, all of his creation, you see him in every single piece of it. Mm -hmm. um, and there's things about our body that don't make sense, that don't follow what our human minds would say is normal. I even had a professor, um, she was one of my first A&P professors in college, um, and she came to Christ by studying um, conception because the way that everything lines up so perfectly of how things have to happen in order to conceive and then have a baby, it's almost impossible with science. Mm -hmm. However, with God, all things are possible, mm -hmm. um, and He makes it this beautiful miracle that is truly a miracle when you look down at the nitty-gritty of it. Wow. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. I love that you had a professor that was like, first of all, had that experience, and then second of all, was willing to share that mm -hmm. with her students. That's amazing. So, where did you go? You were not—you didn't go to med school. Where did you go? I didn't. Um, I went to UTA. Um, I would have loved to have gone to A&M, um, mm -hmm. but they did not have a— <laughs> <laughs> I've been trained really well. Over there. Yes. <laughs> uh, I grew up with A&M at the bottom of my pool. Like, it was tiled oh, in the bottom. So, it that was ingrained, and they didn't have a nursing <laughs> school. Um, and actually, I was following a boy, so— I came up here because this is where he was. Um, I got married very young. Cody and I met um, when I was in high school. And so I got married at 19 and had finished just enough school that I could go ahead and start applying to nursing school. And he lived up here. So UTA mm -hmm. was kind of the obvious choice. Yeah. Um, do you want to take a pause and tell the story of how you <laughs> and Cody ended up getting married? So I think it is a really great story. Um, sure. Yep. Uh, so Cody is my husband. He has two sisters. I was kind of sandwiched in between them. Um, he came to a sports banquet. We had all sports banquets whenever I was in school. And his um, middle sister was a senior when I was a sophomore. Um, and I had gotten up to get an award. And he told his family that night that I was the girl he was going to get married to. 
That is bold. Very bold. That's really bold. Um, his younger sister let the cat out of the bag. And so it was something that she, because she was my younger sister's age, um, kind of had joked about for a long time. <laughs> and I was a senior when she was a freshman. Um, and something had happened and some girls were picking on her. And I just kind of joked. I was like, hey, leave my sister-in-law alone. <laughs> and she went home and he... And told him the story, and he took that as his sign to um, oh my goodness. finally approach me. So he was a senior at AM when I was a senior in high school. Um, I was a twirler. So at one of the football games, I mean, and my husband is huge. He's like 6'3, mm-hmm. really big guy. Um, he came to the edge of the stadium and was like, Hey, I need you to meet me under the stands. <laughs> After the game. Uh-huh. Um, and my uh, great... Listeners, don't do this. No. <laughs> don't meet somebody under the stands. In my great wisdom, I met him by myself <laughs> under the stands. I guess I did have my batons with well, me. there you so go. I had something for protection. Um, and we exchanged emails because, you know, back in the day, that's what you did because we didn't so have cell phones. Funny. Oh, my goodness. Um, and we went from emails and then we advanced into AOL Instant Messenger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we bought these really cool headsets because you could also <laughs> call via AOL Instant Messenger. Oh, and my so goodness. And so I would get on our dial-up and we would call each other through the internet. Um, <laughs> and then he finally... Asked me out, and I actually turned him down the first date. Um, blamed it on my grandmother being in town. But when we <laughs> did finally, uh, we went out finally sometime in November. Um, and and it was obvious, like it was one of those things mm. where I came home and told a girlfriend. I was like, okay, as weird as it sounds, this is the guy who I'm gonna get married to. This is it. I'm gonna turn in my headset. We got lots of use out of those headsets. That is hilarious. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's so sweet though. That I mean, just that again, at such a young age, like having that much discernment to know. And obviously it worked out. Like y'all are still married all Mm -hmm. these many years later. Almost 21 years. I can't believe that. That's incredible. Yeah. So you followed Cody. Went to UTA, got your nursing degree. Mm -hmm. Um you did, you practiced nursing. How many years did you practice nursing? I practiced, um, I think, almost six years mm-hmm. um, through both of my children. And then um, Cody started traveling a lot more than he had been. And he also traveled internationally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked nights. And so having like a three-year-old and an infant, and we don't have family around here Mm -hmm. um so it's not very easy to just be like hey i'll see you guys in the morning and yeah go to work for the night while he's out of town so it just was one of those where he would come home and be like you know i'll be gone the next two weeks and i'd be like well but i have to work two shifts or three shifts or however many i was scheduled for and it just was not yeah it was as much as god made me a nurse and put me there in that field and created me for that, he also was very clear in saying, okay, this is your time to step back mm-hmm. um, and take a break for a little while. Yeah. What was nursing like as, like, going from a student to, like, practicing and then, like, as you transitioned into, like, motherhood? Like, did you see your role as a nurse and what the Lord was doing differently in those phases? Um, yeah, I think it— it increased my awareness of who he was and how he loved me. Mm. Um, God very, very much created me to be a nurse. I don't know exactly what inside me it is that 
triggered that, but I loved what I did. Yeah. Um, and he kept putting me in places where um, it was not would not have been what I chose. But then once I started to practice and do things, I was like, okay, this is how God made me. Yeah. Um, I had the idea and goal that I would do something cardiac. The heart is fascinating, and that is exactly what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I went to, I worked at Baylor. Um, when I went to like the intern recruiting fair, I sat down with um, the recruiter, and she was like, "Hey, tell me what you're passionate about." And I was like, "Women's health," which <laughs> <laughs> so very much. Women do have a heart. So. They do. <laughs> and but it was one of those things. Like it felt natural to say it, but it would not have been my words that said that. Yeah. Um, and she was like, "Okay, well, that's remarkable because that's right when Baylor was. Um, they had not announced it yet, but they were planning on opening this brand new women's hospital." Um, and expanding their neonatal ICU um, and a couple of other things. That was the other thing I very much did not want to do was pediatrics. Um, Not what I was created for in my head. That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was the first unit they put me on, and I thought I would hate it. Um, And it was perfect. I I kept trying to go other places. um, And the way that our internship worked is you spent like two weeks on a unit and would rotate. Um, And I think I did, and I, like every other rotation, it it was just how God created me. And Mm -hmm. I fell in love with the babies. I fell in love Mm -hmm. with the parents. um, And it was just the perfect fit. Yeah. I've heard you talk about working with parents and how that was such a highlight for you. Because I, I think at that point you were working in the in the NICU. Mm-hmm. But the way you described it was so different because I never would have thought about somebody who is a nurse who's working in the NICU focusing on the parents. Because mm-hmm. I, for so much of my limited knowledge, I don't think about the parents. I think about the baby. But yeah. tell me about what that was like. That was my favorite part. I loved getting to, because here's the thing. So when you go to have a baby, it is, in most people's minds, this great and beautiful and joyful experience. They don't see the complications that could happen. They don't expect um, this trauma that Mm -hmm. you experience in most other places of medicine. Um, However, these parents have had their dreams shattered. Mm -hmm. They come in broken. They come in just devastated because this picture that they had in their head is not going to happen. And some of yeah. their babies will stay days, and some of them are going to stay weeks to months. Yeah. So what I loved was getting to, especially when they would first come in, just teach them all the things. Show them what we were doing with their babies. Teach them you know, what these different lines meant, what the different numbers meant. Teach them how to hold their babies. Mm-hmm. Um, There's—you've yeah, never seen— um, God quite the same whenever you've watched him just totally let these parents who thought they would break their babies because they're so tiny and they're so fragile and then let them get to hold them for the first time. Mm. Um, And the great magic and that it's not magic, it's God, is that the babies do better once the parents start to hold them. And so like getting to have that idea of like, okay, so what I thought I would break, which would be my newborn baby that is not what I expected— um, I actually get to help and wow. love on them that way. That's amazing. Yeah. I got me real emotional just thinking about that. Um, I know um, for me, I, I practiced social work before um, I was able to work in ministry. And going back to work after having 
my first kiddo was really difficult because while I was used to seeing really difficult, traumatic things mm-hmm. beforehand, and I very foolishly thought like, oh, I can handle this. Like, I don't wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm really good at self-containment and all these great things. But um, it it really drew out a lot of that mm-hmm. like, wow, I, I can still see difficult things, but uh, I see the Lord differently, and yep. um, I see myself differently. And there's a new level of humility and knowing, like, wow, I am I am not what these people need, mm-hmm. um, and I know what they do need, and uh, and it's the Lord. Um, but that transition to working with a different mindset, I think, was really difficult for me. Um, did you find that there were difficulties, like? As you were working, I mean, obviously the schedule was very difficult, but just as a parent, did you find that difficult to work? Um, it, yes. Um, and what started out as a great joy for me um, probably ended up really hard. When I was pregnant with Garrett um, is when I was learning to catch. So I would go back into the OR and Catch help. babies. Yes, catch <laughs> <Okay>. babies. <laughs> <laughs> so what I would do is I'd go back into the OR and help, I would be one, the initial nurse that would take the baby from the doctor and we would get them all set up and ready to come into the unit. Um, And the infants that I admitted during that time were all the same gestation as I was with Garrett. So there were, there was a string of them um, starting at like 23 weeks. And so some of it was fun, like, okay, this is how big he is. Look at, you know, all of the great things that's going, or they're going on with him. Um, But also that was, it was hard because the first infant that I ever lost um, was one that I caught whenever I was 23 weeks with Garrett. Mm-hmm. And I can still remember, um, I know his name. I can picture his family. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, this Sunday, we sing the song, Blessed Assurance. And in the chorus, it talks about how this is my story. This is my song. Praising the Savior all day long. And that is kind of, that's what I felt. Like I can still remember in that moment not having any words to speak to this mom who's holding her baby who's just passed. Um, And just holding her, hold him, and just pray over her. Um, I mean, it was hard. And then you have to come home and deal with your family. Yeah. Um, Which it's not always easy. But also it was a great place to be the light because— Again, you've got these people who are probably in one of the most devastating places of their life. You walk up to them and say, how can I pray for you? Can I pray for you today? And I know there were families that were not believers that were like, yes, please, we'll take anything. Mm -hmm. And so just that being able to be the light and share with them that I have hope and that I have faith, um, just pray that it's contagious. Mm -hmm. That's incredible that you had so many people. Did anybody ever say no? I have never had anybody tell me no in practice. Wow. And um, I know I took care of one family. They were had triplets, um, and they were Hindu. And so of any of the families, they were probably the—I was most scared that he would be upset. And he was like, no, please. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. I would have been terrified. <laughs> so glad that you did it. <laughs> that would yeah. have been a really scary thing to do, but I'm so glad. And I think probably being able, not only for you as a practitioner, to like be able to incorporate weight is probably the most important part of your work, which is Mm -hmm. what the Lord is doing, but also to be able to like be real, like you're a real 
person who's mm-hmm. helping to take care of the most valued and treasured person in these parents' lives for that yeah. moment is for them to see that and to know that you care so deeply about them that you'd be willing to push yourself out there mm-hmm. to do that. Um, did you see that the Lord, I know you referenced um, being moved by how the Lord presented himself in Exodus as Yahweh Rapha. Like, did, were you able to see that in your days in nursing? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I definitely think so. Um, especially when you get to explain things like kangaroo care to these parents and just show them like, hey, you know, God created you to be this baby's mama. And so when they can see, like, it takes two of us nurses to take this infant who is, I mean, like, could fit in my two hands Mm. on this mom's chest. But then, like, as she gets to hold her baby and be like, okay, look, God created you to be this baby's mom. And this baby knows you. Mm. And their heart rates are responding to you. Um, A lot of those babies, their heart rates would be up and down all over the place. But then you put them on their mama's chest Mm. and their heart rate levels out. Um, The infants who were in isolates because they couldn't control their temperatures you put them on their mama's chest and all of a sudden their temperature is regulated because a mom's body will regulate its temperature to take care of the baby just all of these really cool things and be like this is how god created you Mm -hmm. Um, and look at what a great job he did yeah that's amazing yeah i mean it's always there's an ability to go back and point to who he is and just for them to be amazed and be like oh he really did it's just there's no denying yeah absolutely and i think I mean, to hear that from somebody who's worked in the field for so much is one thing, but like also if you had worked in cardiac, like you'd have a million stories about how you shared the Lord being faithful and good and the healer in different ways. Like Mm -hmm. it's not just this one aspect, like God created all the parts of us to, to manifest as glory. Yeah. And that's incredible to think about something as detailed as you know, a, a baby's response to their mother, but also like as detailed as the heart's response to like stimuli. Mm-hmm. Like that is, I'm not very nerdy when it comes to medical things, but maybe I could <laughs> get to be nerdy. That that could take me there. I could help you. Great. Um, okay, so you um, practiced for six years and then mm-hmm. you were home with the boys. And mm-hmm. was that just an easy, super great transition? Um, sure. Uh, <laughs> I loved being at home with my boys. My boys yeah. were great and they were fabulous. Um, but I was used to people. Mm-hmm. I loved being around people. Uh, my husband traveled, so it was me um, with a three-year-old and an infant um, and a lot of Mickey Mouse to mm-hmm. keep my sanity. Yeah. But you can only hear so much Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. Um And so it was hard. Like I did, there were days, I think, when Cody was home that I would call and be like, I don't care if it's three o'clock. I need you to come home. Yeah. (laughs) I I need help. Um, And I think a lot of moms feel that even if you haven't been used to being around other people, it's just that change of life and that stress that's different and learning to balance, especially two kids that were so little Mm -hmm. and all of their different things. Um, It was not easy. Yeah. I think there's a, I mean, there are a lot of different opinions and a lot of different expectations, I think, that mm-hmm. we can cling to. Um, and it's never easy on either side. And we all know that, but it's yeah. 
when you're hearing somebody's story, I think it's it's easy to say like, well, that wasn't my experience or, oh yeah, I totally resonate with that. Mm-hmm. Regardless, like we were made to be in community and we are not designed to carry our burdens ourselves. Like yep. this- In community, not necessarily with a three-year-old. Yes. <laughs> sometimes it's a great community. And sometimes. sometimes it requires more patience than one possesses and their <laughs> own strength and yes. ability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how um, did you know, like, I think I'd like to get into ministry or I think I'd like to serve at the church. How did how did that come about? Um, it came about as a, like, I got to get out of my house. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> someone suggested that I try the ladies' Bible study here at Christ Chapel. Um, so I started coming to Women in the Word. They had free childcare, and yes. they had childcare longer than the Bible study, mm-hmm. so I could go to the grocery store without fighting kids. <laughs> or um, there were days I even took naps in my car just because <laughs> I knew they were taken care of. And yeah, I could have peace and just a little bit of rest. But also, I got to have the benefit of being around other women. Yeah. Um, I got to have that community, and I got to learn more about who God was mm-hmm. in a way that I'd probably never, ever done before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the ministry part kind of came little bit by little bit. It was not what I signed up for. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think if any, like, maybe somebody out there has a story when they're like, you know what, I think I'd like to be in ministry. And then they just like plow right on through. But yeah, it was not, that was not what I would have thought. I grew up in a church where women were not as into ministry. Um, And so when someone called, there was a lady who called and she was like, hey, would you want to be a sub? Um, Trip was barely like three, four months old. And so my, I was fixing to just be like, no, of course not. Um, <laughs> on earth no, would I want to do that? <laughs> I just um, want to sleep. <laughs> and before I, I could even answer, she was like, well, Deb told me you wouldn't say no. And so I was like, <laughs> okay, then I guess my answer is yes. So somehow <laughs> oh, I ended up subbing at a table that year. Um, I don't even know if I came a lot that year. Trip had terrible ear issues. And so we were always at home because he was sick again. Mm -hmm. Um, Slowly, I came to being a table leader. So it was just all of this volunteering where I got to be a table leader. Um, And I actually loved that part because it reminded me back of getting to help walk people through hard times. And so getting to show people like, hey, let's dive into the Bible for this. Let's look at see what God's Word says about this. Um, And just getting to do that in a way I had never done it before was just... I mean, it was life-giving. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. You saw clearly, like, that the Lord had a plan and, like, provided the right things for you at the right time. Mm-hmm. Did you also see that He—putting <laughs> words into your mouth, sorry. <laughs> Were there ways in which you saw the Lord using what He taught you in your days as a nurse and that gift to be able to discern, like, the root cause of— suffering or pain and need for healing were you able to see him use that in your tables or as you were walking alongside women or even as you were growing spiritually definitely um because there's different here's the thing about sin sin is i think our original illness and it's something that we all have we all carry it with us um as much as we would like to say we're not sinners we are yeah um and it it eats at you, and it's this burden that we have inside of ourselves. 
And when we, the more, I guess, enrooted into sin we are, the more worldly we are and the further we are away from God. And Mm -hmm. that is where our hurt and our pain comes from. So as we dig into who God has created us to be, who God wants us to be, when we look at His Word, we are going to be convicted of our sin. Um, And so just for me personally, that's one of those things where I'm like, okay, I can see this. And when I feel the furthest away from the Lord is when I can see my sin probably more clearly because— It's so evident. Yeah. Um, and I, I hope I get to do that with other women. I can know that I can see in people when they're hurting. I can see and maybe empathize with people a little bit more because um, I've walked through hard things with others before. But also sometimes when people come and they're like, hey, I'm struggling with this. When you start asking questions, they may be struggling with that, but that's not what's causing their pain and mm. their Whatever is going on, you can help point them back to, okay, well, but what does God's Word say about this part mm-hmm. um, and this thing that you're doing? Yeah. And that can help work through so much hurt yeah. and pain. Yeah. it's. I mean, there's not going to be a woman that any of us meet that won't have struggled with some aspect of sin in their lives. Mm-hmm. And so there's comfort in knowing that, first of all, we're not alone. And mm-hmm. second of all, none of us are really that great at hiding no, <laughs> our, <we're not. laughs> our sin or our struggle. I mean, maybe you are. I'm not. I'm terrible mm-hmm. at hiding, which is probably a good thing. Um, but also that the Lord doesn't forget to use the things He's given us. Mm-hmm. Um, like none of it's none of it's wasted. Um, and maybe you never thought that the Lord would use your gift to see those things clearly and discerning in a woman's Bible study or as you're teaching for women in the Word, but He knew. Mm -hmm. And it's valuable. It's valuable when you're wearing scrubs. It's valuable when you're Wearing earrings. <laughs> I can wear earrings with scrubs. Well, I, I don't wear earrings either way, but it's valuable no matter what the yes, setting, whether you're covered in you know bodily fluids or not. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that the Lord created you that way and desires to use you, I think is just a, it's mind-boggling that He allows us to be part of what He's doing um, mm-hmm. and that He continues to, to be the God who heals us even while we're participating in his work yeah yeah um so before we wrap up i i mean i've loved hearing the way that the lord has prepared you and used you um, and continues to use you um i just would love to know um what's been one of your favorite ways that the lord has used scripture as you've walked through different professional lives um what's been one of the ways that you've seen him provide for you consistently or maybe a different scripture that's encouraged you as you've transitioned from nursing to being at home and ministry that's a really good question it's a really Um, long-winded question (laughs) (laughs) um okay i think what I'll tell you is the verse that I always go back to mm-hmm. um, for myself and for others is Isaiah 40, 11. Mm-hmm. And it says, He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. 
Um, and it's this picture of our shepherd who has come and grabbed us for whatever reason. So we either ran off or we have been in a, we put ourselves in a place that we shouldn't be in. And he picks us up and he carries us. But also this idea that he also knows what the burden it is to care for other people mm-hmm. and for those that are under us. So whether it be our children, if we're moms or if it's our family members for whoever mm-hmm. we are. He understands that burden, and He cares about us, and He carries us and lifts us up. So, while this is my story, it's my story because God gave it to me. Mm. Um, and I was able to do things as a nurse because God gave me that skill and that desire and that love for His people. And it's that same love for His people that helps me to um, do ministry, because without a love for His people, you can't do ministry well. Mm-hmm. That's That was super encouraging, Kristen. Okay, listener, if you don't know Kristen, you need to. <laughs> I can guarantee you that she, I mean, when you talk about the Savior coming as a shepherd, like, and His, like, gentle care for us and His good care for us, it's very evident to me that that is how you have walked in obedience with Him and how you love other people well. So, for those of you who know Kristen, be so grateful because she's so kind. Um, and if you don't, then say hi to her next time you see her. Um, I'm going to close our time and thank God for the good work that He's done. Um, and then we'll close out. Okay. Lord, um, You are so good to us. Um, you lead us so gently. Um, and You draw us to You in ways that cause us to praise You um, and to run to You. Because we trust you. We know that you're good. We know that you have good things for us. We ask that you would prepare us for every good work that you have before us. Mm-hmm. We ask that we would look to you um, and see the ways that you have created us and have gifted us to do those works. Um, we ask that we would delight in what you're doing, um, even when it's difficult and even when it's easy that we would trust you, rely on you, depend on you, because you are worthy of being the good shepherd. Mm -hmm. We praise you for that, Lord, and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more episodes, be sure to follow Encouraged and Equipped.